This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. For some time now, Comcast has been looking to expand its even large empire that it has already. But their acquisitions have eluded them for the most part. Now, they seemingly have a deal for DreamWorks Animation for about $3.8 billion. Now, the biggest question is whether or not this deal will receive government approval. Mark Tayer is the president of MediaTek Insights. He's also the author of the book Televisionaries and a Wharton grad. And Mark joins us on the show right now. Mark, great to have you back. Hi, good morning, Dan. Thank you. Uh, I guess that with Comcast and, and NBC Universal and having been trying to do this deal, it's probably not a total surprise to you. It isn't, especially given that Comcast got shut out from buying Time Warner Cable last year. Um, the FCC and other regulatory authorities thinking that would make Comcast just too powerful on the distribution side. But as we now know, Comcast not only is very strong in distribution, but through its acquisition of NBC Universal, is a content powerhouse. So the acquisition of DreamWorks Animation really adds to that side of Comcast. So you don't think there will be any issues in terms of this deal going forward? I don't see any complete roadblocks. I think they'll certainly scrutinize it. Um, because Comcast is a giant, but I don't see any rational reason for them to block it. I think it's possible, maybe even likely, that they'll impose some conditions relating to some of the assets and uh, other issues related to Comcast owning DreamWorks. What was really the, the big attraction by Comcast in, in taking DreamWorks? Was it just being involved in the movie industry? Was it the content that they produce? Or was it a combination of a few things? I think Comcast believes they can do much more with DreamWorks uh, in terms of integrating it within the Comcast family. And in particular, it's, it's a little ironic uh, some people may remember that Comcast attempted to buy Disney about a dozen years ago and right. was, rebuffed, was rebuffed by Disney's board of directors and eventually backed down. At the time, Comcast was almost completely a distribution, content distribution company. It did own a few content assets like E! Entertainment yep. and uh, the Golf Channel and some regional sports. Uh, but buying Disney would have transformed it overnight. And so here we are. And, and with the, the dream with first with NBC universal a few years ago, but now with DreamWorks, it brings Comcast much more into balance in terms of its distribution and content and allows it to go head to head much better against, Disney, who will become even more of a direct competitor. Several articles I read over the weekend talked about how we're in the midst of, of, of a changing landscape of media, and this deal uh, kind of highlights that. W give us your thoughts on, on this process right now. 
Sure. Well, there's there's a few things going on there. One is the multi-screen world, which is getting uh, stronger every day with uh, people, especially millennials, but all people watching content, not just on their living room TV, but on smartphones and tablets and PCs and Macs. And secondly, I would highlight the whole millennial market, which is just so attractive to all content companies. And this deal really enables Comcast to be a much stronger player in that millennial and also teens market. Again, head-to-head against Disney in that area. We're talking with Mark Taylor, uh, president of Media Tech Insights. Your comments are welcome about this uh, potential deal going forward. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I guess for the people that are listening out there, how does this change their interaction with their media, wh- You know, whether they are a Comcast subscriber or not? I'm not sure consumers will see so much of a direct change. Um, but they'll see a continuation of these major trends of, of a strong multi-screen world. And this does, does give DreamWorks Animation uh, a much uh, stronger, longer-term, secure uh, home to develop its content in. DreamWorks Animation really originated from uh, the original DreamWorks SKG, which was Steven Spielberg. Jeffrey Katzenberg and David Geffen, three of the towering icons of of Hollywood. Um, and DreamWorks, DreamWorks Animation was spun out of that as a separate public company many years ago. And so consumers are already used to, especially young consumers, kids are used to seeing some of the uh, great characters coming out of DreamWorks, such as Shrek. They, they had the Madagascar movies, and now Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda 3 came out last year and was quite successful. And DreamWorks Animation, led by Jeffrey Katzenberg, has about five animated films currently in production coming out over the next couple of years. So that's all going to continue. It may be accelerated, but it's all going to be part of the Comcast family. I don't think that consumers will really see the Comcast brand. They'll see the DreamWorks brand continue within the Universal Studios and Universal Films branding of Comcast. And that's really where it fits into the Comcast empire is under NBC Universal and more specifically under the Universal Studios. 844 Wharton is the number to give us a call if you'd like to join in the conversation. 844-942-7866. Mark Taylor joins us. We're talking about the Comcast acquisition of DreamWorks. I guess uh, the the hope is that they'll be able to get this done in fairly quick fashion and be able to put this to bed, I I would guess, by the end of the year so that they can really uh, have the, the full integration within the Comcast system. I think that's a reasonable time frame. And again, I don't see uh, the regulators blocking it. There's, there's really no reason to block Comcast on this deal. And it, it makes perfect logical sense if you think about the two major sides of, content, of, of Comcast, one being content and the other being distribution. 
Comcast has really now been blocked from expanding itself on the distribution side, uh, given what happened with its attempt to buy Time Warner Cable, who, by the way, the regulators just agreed that Charter Communications would be able to fulfill its deal to buy both Bright House and Time Warner Cable, thereby coming, becoming the number two cable service provider. Yep. So that really opens up Comcast, though, to pursue more fully its content strategy. And while they, they're paying quite a high price, quite a high premium over the public market for DreamWorks, uh, the uh, expected purchase price is about $3.8 billion or $41 a share, when only a, a couple weeks ago DreamWorks was trading in the 20s. So there is a substantial premium. I think Comcast really expects to get a lot more out of this deal over the ensuing decades. There are, there are two interesting pieces to this that, that were brought up over the weekend, and probably it's not the first thing that a lot of people would think about, but uh, all of the, the, the DreamWorks kind of franchises that they have and, and ones they potentially have in the, in the works right now, that plays into Comcast in terms of the marketing money that comes to DreamWorks out of those films which obviously is, is quite a bit of money. And then one other interesting thing was the tie-in that would happen with the potential, the theme parks that Comcast is linked with uh, and the other types of new rides that could be brought to some of these theme parks. Yes, that's a big part of the strategic aspects of this deal. And I mentioned Disney and the fact that Universal and Disney are already competitors, not only in films, but also in theme parks and toys and related merchandise. So this ups the ante even further uh, with characters like, like Shrek and Kung Fu Panda. And, of course, Disney has a whole host of characters. So if you, if you look at where they are, you know, of course, Comcast uh, is in the L.A. area with Universal Studios and also in Orlando. But... Now, they're, uh, they're planning uh, a $3 billion theme park in, in Beijing. Yeah. And meanwhile, Disney has, has had uh, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland for many, many years. I remember going there once on a business trip a long time ago. It's a pretty fun theme park. But it's now building... Uh, Shanghai Disney Resort expected to open this summer. So China, I think, is another big issue here for Comcast, which which allows it to have uh, international expansion and in, you know the largest market in the world. Uh, Oriental DreamWorks is already in the in the works as an animation studio in Shanghai, and. Uh, as I mentioned, Universal is already planning a big theme park in Beijing. Yeah. So this is very synergistic with uh, with Comcast's emerging China strategy. Does this, and, does, you know, with the theme parks come the rides and the toys and related merchandise. Yeah. Does this change DreamWorks at all? Or, or will it be, in some respects, business as usual for them, just you know, kind of being under another umbrella? I think mostly the latter, but we certainly 
I, I, sure, businesses are going to change as the markets progress, and it's just going to be under Comcast umbrella. It does mean a big difference for DreamWorks, however, because Jeffrey Katzenberg, one of those, one of the original founders, yep. along with Spielberg and Geffen, will no longer have um, the lead active role running DreamWorks. He's going to be running a new entity within the company called DreamWorks New Media, looking at new ventures and and who knows what's going to come out of that. He's a very creative guy, so look at what happens with DreamWorks New Media. But DreamWorks is going to report under uh, one of Universal's existing stars, a guy named Chris Melodondri. And Universal has an entity called Illumination Entertainment, which is their animation unit. It's it's not as substantial as DreamWorks and nowhere near as substantial as Disney, you know, especially with Disney's acquisition of Pixar a few years back. But it did have the Despicable Me franchise, and he's a highly regarded guy, report, reporting to Jeff Schell, the chairman, chairman of Universal. Yeah. So the organizational structure will be different, and it's going to be part of a giant company, but, you know, still based out of Hollywood and, and just really under a different umbrella, like you said. It is interesting when you, when you brought up the, the, the Disney Star Wars uh, kind of link to this. I, I did kind of get that feeling, too, uh, when this when this deal was announced last week. The competitive side of with Disney? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because if you look at it, you know, Comcast coming from being a pretty minor content player, then trying to buy Disney but yep. not succeeding a dozen years ago, yep. and then uh, finally succeeding, buying NBC Universal for a total of $30 billion from GE just a few years ago. They bought that in two stages from yep. GE. That put Comcast into the big leagues. But still, Disney is even bigger. And so th this equalizes things, um, again, not just in films, but also with the theme parks and related merchandise and, and really balances things further out with Comcast in terms of the content and distribution aspects. But is that maybe the biggest need for DreamWorks coming into this deal is having those, those extra areas where they can promote the films and, and market the toys and, you know, market so much more? Yes, and I think Comcast uh, is going to find all sorts of synergy and, and different areas to uh, co-promote this. Um, we don't know exactly what their thoughts are, but you can think of, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but one of the channels uh, Comcast acquired over the year years is Sprout, which had been PBS Kids Channel. Yep, yep. It's, mo it's more for smaller kids. Um but, you know, here, here's animation films and merchandise, so similar market. And one thing I haven't mentioned yet is that, is that uh, Disney owns, I mean, not Disney, but DreamWorks is the majority owner of a company called Awesomeness TV, hmm. which is really one of the leading Internet video companies going after the millennials and teens and it raises some interesting competitive issues that i think the uh federal authorities are going to be looking at in terms of 
approving this deal. But Awesomeness TV is one of the most popular uh, series of channels on YouTube. Hmm. And DreamWorks just acquired it a few years ago. And from that, they also launched a unit called DreamWorks TV, also on the Internet. Now, given Comcast's uh, very strong presence in the mainstream TV area, maybe they'll you know, create a TV channel, a more traditional TV channel out of this. But meanwhile, they're going to have majority interest in awesomeness TV, which goes right at the uh, millennial and teen markets, which everyone wants. That's that's funny because I uh, maybe because I'm not a millennial that I had never heard of that one before. What is what is it that their content is is bringing forth? Well, I don't watch it either because I'm I'm far from a millennial as well. But I uh, there's you know this the whole world of TV has just been transformed with the broadband internet. Yeah where the people watching it, they don't even think of it as TV they, because they, they associate TV with watching a scheduled broadcast in their living room. Sure, yeah. And they're on the run. They're watching on iPhones and Macs and you name it. But Awesomeness TV is uh, – what happened was, you know, YouTube started as just user-created content. And then it grew, and now they actually have many subscription services yeah. and ad-supported services. And there's just, you name it, there's, there's just about everything on YouTube. And Awesomeness TV just happens to be one of the more popular destinations uh, for teens and millennials. They, they have at least a few million YouTube subscribers. It's mostly ad-supported at this point. But um, there's un another very interesting deal, and this is what I think uh, the regulators will probably look at to some extent, which is that uh, just recently Verizon, a, a vicious competitor of Comcast, also bought into Awesomeness TV alongside DreamWorks. DreamWorks is still the ma majority owner, mm -hmm. which will accrue to Comcast, presumably. But Verizon bought about a quarter of of awesomeness TV. And one of the main ideas there with Verizon was to create a subscription mobile service as part of Verizon's Go90 service. Yeah. Go90 is, is something Verizon created last year uh, to be a mobile first service, mostly ad supported. But now with their deal with awesomeness TV and their investment, they're separately going to create an entirely new subscription mobile service that'll fit into Go90. It, it, it goes back to something that we've talked about uh, with you on this show, but it bears repeating is the fact that, you know, we've seen what feels like unbelievable change in the TV and content area in the last decade or so. And seemingly we've only kind of touched the, you know, the tip of the iceberg at this point. That's true, and let's not forget about Netflix, who's now expanding into 190 countries, almost you know, almost all the countries of the world. Yeah. And um, related to this deal, DreamWorks also license licenses uh, an enormous amount of uh, content to Netflix, primarily TV cartoons. 
So that yeah, Netflix is also very much targeting the kids and millennial market. Yep. And uh, DreamWorks is is creating literally hundreds of hours of original content for Netflix as Netflix competes with the likes of HBO and Showtime and sure. so on. Yep. So that's going to be another thing the regulators are going to look at here is, okay, Comcast, if you're going to get DreamWorks, maybe you shouldn't uh, monkey around too much with DreamWorks deal with Netflix because we want Netflix to continue to be a strong competitor as well. What do you think uh, is the reaction and the effect on some of the rivals of DreamWorks, like like Lionsgate Entertainment and some of the other companies out there in Hollywood? Well, I think they're, they've been watching DreamWorks as a company that uh, has had somewhat of a mixed record. Um, it did about a billion, about a little over $900 million in revenue last year, DreamWorks in its entirety. And it also was involved with, uh, with one of the leading uh, Internet content navigation guides. Um, but, you know, it's been kind of break-even, losing money, making a little money. Yeah. It, hasn't, it hasn't been a hugely strong success financially. And, and so while it was certainly a force to be reckoned with there in Hollywood, uh, it, it wasn't quite as success, successful as maybe some people thought it would be back 20-plus years ago when Spielberg, Katzenberg, and Geffen started the company. I wouldn't say it wasn't a success, but you know, compared to some of the other giants out there. So now under Comcast and Universal's uh, roof, I think the bigger competitors will be much more concerned about you know, here comes DreamWorks with a much more powerful parent sure. here. Yeah. Um, well, well, of their two big franchises in, in terms of film that you mentioned uh, with Shrek and Kung Fu Panda, uh, Kung Fu Panda is the one that's actually doing uh, uh, quite a bit right now. Shrek, in some respects, if memory serves me, has been kind of dormant the last few years. That's true. They both had sequels, and then there was also Madagascar, which was another, oh, yeah. big, su- another big success. That's right. And I'm, I mentioned that uh, DreamWorks is currently producing five films for release over the next couple of years. I don't recall exactly which franchises those are building on, although I think some of them are completely new. So I expect that to continue, and the competitors are going to be looking at that, and then Comcast is going to be looking at how can they monetize that within other parts of the uh, universal empire in terms of theme parks toys etc it's funny i just actually i popped on their website and the one franchise that they also have that's doing very well right now is uh how to train your dragon which is which has had a couple of films the last few years and has done very well mm-hmm. yeah yeah so they're they're uh you know not as uh widespread and recognizable as as, as some, although I, w- I would certainly highlight Kung Fu Panda and Shrek as being right up there with some of the Disney characters in films. Um, but now they have a, a, you know, a strong home to work for for the next decades. 
how much do you think DreamWorks will will change realistically in the next few years? Because, as you said, they have good content, whether it be for films or for TV. Uh, it just seems that that having that that power of Comcast behind them, you know, it, I don't want to say it's going to open doors, but it seemingly is going to give them a, a a little bit of a leg up, even farther than they than they've already been able to move. I think that's right. You know, uh, Spielberg had really moved on from DreamWorks, and he's clearly one of the most powerful forces ever in the entertainment business. And I, I don't want to just discount Jeffrey Katzenberg, who will also, as I mentioned, be moving on to a new role. But Comcast through Universal has its own very strong creative team. And the DreamWorks deal will allow them to get their hands on this franchise and do all sorts of things. And the other thing I've been very impressed with, though, is a lot of times within big companies, they have silos. Okay. And sometimes they're really competitors within the company, even more so than with outside competitors. It's it's sort of one of those paradoxes in, in big business. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking of Time Warner when it owned uh, the Time Warner content and also Time Warner Cable. Of course, they split apart. Right. But they were infamous for being, uh, you know, like competitors within the company. Mo and I, th I think uh, the point is that that Comcast Universal through Brian Roberts and and. Uh, and his top manager's leadership has been really good about uh, not being, not creating these silos and, and trying to communicate within boundaries because that's why they bought these assets is to, is to traverse across the, uh, the boundaries. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.